I love solving problems. That's what it comes down to. Right. And I'm not saying that everyone's financial situation is a problem, but it's a picture, right? It's a puzzle and you have to put things together to complete that puzzle to get to the next puzzle. And so I love working on that. And what I enjoy even more is teaching someone like yourself that, you know, has those concerns around finances or our business owners, teaching them and educating them about finance. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs, and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I have a personal friend with me today and somebody that really helps me and I look forward to having an even deeper business relationship with as I'm sharing some of my clients with her. Michelle Skeena, welcome to the show. And you know what, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and your business TMS2 with all the financial and accounting um, help that you give other entrepreneurs. Thanks for having me here, Emmy. It's great to talk with you. I could probably talk with you for hours about these topics because our businesses align so greatly together. Very grateful to have this opportunity with you today. So a little bit about me. I am an owner of a CPA firm here in Philadelphia. We own the only 100% women-owned CPA firm in Philadelphia. I started this firm in 2003 uh, after I left uh, work as a senior manager of audit at a global accounting firm. And I had always wanted to have my own business. It took some steps. It it took some time, I guess I should say, as opposed to steps. Mm -hmm. I had in my mind that I would have my own business five years out of college well, it really happened 11 and a half years out of college, which was okay, right? right. It was the perfect time for that to happen. And gr- we've grown our CPA practice here. We're committed to providing, we provide taxation services, client accounting and advisory services. And we also provide financial coaching services. With the work that we do here, what under- underlies each and every engagement we have whether it's an engagement that lasts four hours in one year or 40 hours a month, what underlies our work is our commitment and dedication to our clients' financial excellence. We are really their partners. We go the extra step just to help them take, feel stronger, to gain strength Mm -hmm. around their financial well-being and their financial health. And we didn't have enough work here at TMS to LLC. 
I'm teasing, right? <laughs> it's tax season. <laughs> yeah, right. It's tax season. But I recently or last year started a, another firm with my partner, Tom. We own a business development company focusing on technology. And then as you know, and I'll let the audience know, I am a member of the National Association of Women Business Owners, former chapter board member and national board member. And I met two really amazing women through Nabo. I mean, I met many, right? I met two that where we really gelled and we had this vision to create a strategic consulting firm. And so we recently created a strategic consulting firm supporting our clients in developing their strategy and fulfilling on their strategy, which really uh, immensely supports and connects with the financial excellence work that I do at TMS too, I'll say. So essentially you have no downtime. I don't right now because it is tax season and... (laughs) But we've also, I'm also getting to a point of where we're hiring as well, mm-hmm. because I really committed to also training our team to have enough strength and enough knowledge to keep that financial excellence sort of mindset throughout what we do. Right, right. So I'm curious, um, because... Well, I love finance, had a very short career in financial services on the personal side. I remember being in college and taking my accounting classes for my uh, business administration degree, and it was like gibberish to me. So I'm always in awe of somebody where it makes sense, and that's their, their superhero power. What was it about accounting and business finance that really lit you up. It was like, this is what I want to do. This is, you know, my career path. And then how did that translate into you wanting to start your own business doing that? Right. So, I mean, to your point for many accounting and finance doesn't light many people up. Right. But my brain is very mathematically oriented. I love math. I've always loved math. I was that geek for lack of a better word in college that loved statistics. Right. And did a, it was, what we used to call back in my day in college, the weed out course at Drexel University. You were either right. going to move forward or you, or you weren't. And I love that work, do statistics. Of course, we don't use much of that today in the work that we do, but I always loved it, wanted, worked with math a lot. And, you know, I was one of those college students and it was okay when I was in college that didn't necessarily know what she wanted to do when she grew up. You know, I went in thinking I was going to focus on marketing and, and I didn't, you know, and it was a tough time when I was graduating from college, the jobs were slim because there was a recession going on at that time. And so as a sophomore in college, you know, I saw some of my older friends major in accounting and finance. And I thought, well, that's what I'm going to do. Let me throw my hat in there. And the rest is history. I just continued to meet great people in while I was at school that helped lead me to my first job at KPMG, where that's where I left as a senior manager after 11 years. And I guess it was a match made in heaven, you can say. And yeah. I love what I do. 
Well, clearly, because you're excellent at it and you've made a very successful career of a business. And I'm sure it plays a huge part in you being able to manage, you know, three businesses, essentially. Yes. I, I love solving problems. I think when it that's what it comes down to. Right. And I'm not saying that everyone's financial situation is a problem, but it's a picture, right? It's a puzzle. And there's certain, you have to put things together to complete that puzzle to get to the next puzzle. And so I love working on that. And what I enjoy even more is teaching someone like yourself that, you know, has those concerns around finances or our business owners, teaching them and educating them about finance. So incredibly powerful because I know with my clients, and I'm sure you see it, money is the one thing business or personal that people ignore regularly or they don't have enough knowledge about if they're not ignoring it. So they can't make smart choices. And those numbers are so crucial to being able to have the ability to see the future in your business. It's very true. And it's the reason why we went down this path of creating our financial excellence system coaching series. And we have an online course in person or during COVID virtual individual and group financial coaching programs that we can do live, right? Or now because of the sensitivity and, you know, perhaps even some shame or concern that one doesn't know everything about finances, we created an online course for individuals or business owners to do at their own pace to work on improving their finances because it takes practice. With practice, you, you get smarter and smarter. Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm curious too, like what experiences have really contributed to your ability to run three businesses simultaneously? Like that's not what the average person is doing. It's true, Emmy, it's true. And one yeah. of them actually, you know, uh, my partner Tom is, uh, as you know, recently had surgery. So he's out for a few months recovering so he can get onto the golf course and apparently teach me how to golf in the near future, you know, carrying his load right now. And which is great because I'm meeting new people and um, really enjoying that, but it's putting processes in, in place at your companies. And I recommend starting at a very young age in your company to, so that you can train your team to use those processes. And I keep a very, so very strict schedule. Like I only do, I really work hard to manage my time as a business owner. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but I do, I I really work hard. And over the last year in particular, I've walked the walk that I have talked, you know, to many and really working to empower my team to do tasks that I thought were too trivial for them to do, like handing it off, delegating, really upping my game as CEO of my company, of my primary company, uh, my CPA firm, so that the team can do what they need to do and I can work on building the other two businesses that we've now incorporated under our umbrella. Awesome. So you get to work with a lot of different business owners between all three businesses, all types, all varieties, I would presume a lot of different sizes. I do. So what do you see as like the number one mistake that most business owners make? I say, and now that I'm working on three businesses, I'm seeing it more. Uh, I see that 
there's a failure to plan financially and strategically. And, you know, really based on the vision that you have for your company. And then also, in addition to that, reviewing results against a plan. You know, you know, some businesses, they create those business plans and they create them for the bank and it, they're, you know, three inches deep and a three ring binder. And then that three ring binder gets some, one of the, you know, some of those businesses money, sometimes it doesn't. And then it gets put on a shelf. I'm talking yeah. about the plan that you actually do for yourself, right? that you are methodically working on a routine basis. And it's, it could sound boring, right? I was explaining to someone about my financial excellence series and the strategic consulting work we're now doing. And particularly when it came to finances, there's one CEO, she said to me, that just doesn't sound fun. And, I, <laughs> and so I know I'm on the right path, right? When I have a CEO say to me, that, that just doesn't sound fun. No, it's not finances can be, but often at times are not fun. I happen to like it. Like I have a, I was just working on our second quarter goals this past week and I have a KPI tracker that I use. So I was resetting a few things because we weren't using them effectively first quarter. I had miscalculated something in one of the formulas. So I fixed it and there was like this sudden increase in you know, anticipated revenue and I'm like, yes! <laughs> All because of a formula. That's an example, right? Yeah. You put it on paper, you put it on, you know, Excel on your computer and you're looking, you're planning it and then you're looking at it and then you're. Yeah. And the numbers for me drive action and marketing. So if I know what I you know, want to earn, then I know how many clients or how many widgets or how many, whatever I want to sell, which then informs the marketing and the number of leads I need. So like that for me is super exciting. It is right. I, I say yes. And I say to those business owners that shy away from it, take Emmy, what Emmy just said. And, you know, let's, let's get that plan out there. I think sometimes there's a resistance to that planning because some don't understand necessarily finance. And okay. as a result, there's a resistance toward it particularly by working with somebody like you, who in my head is more than just an accountant. You know, you really offer like the whole financial package of helping somebody with their business and really acting more as a CFO. The education that they can receive, for me at least, is exciting. And it gives them such an amazing opportunity to continue to grow and potentially work less or have more time to do other things. Right. And, and there's a lot of truth to that. And yeah. that's what we do to your point in our client accounting and advisory services practice. We're outs outsourced controllers, outsourced CFOs, and, but we're that partner at that C-suite level just to really help navigate, you know, those conversations and take the businesses to the next level. And we love it. Yeah. There's something that you said that I had a thought on, I guess it will definitely come back to me, but yeah. you know, this is a detailed topic, right? So you, you really expressed some key components of, you know, with respect to your KPI tracker, you, know, some people don't need, don't know what a KPI tracker is. Right. And so th that's not, not something to feel foolish about, 
it's, it's something to learn about. Right, right. And for those of you who are listening who don't know, it's key performance indicators. And they're things that you track will help you determine where your sales are coming in, where the money's coming in, what you need to do and what you can do to increase revenue. That's right. So I was going to say, did I define that correctly? Right. Exactly. <laughs> we call them objectives, we, you know, because yeah. they're specific, they're measurable, they're actionable, like you explained. Yeah, awesome. How has leadership played a role in you growing your businesses? And what's been the most impactful piece or part of your life that has really defined your leadership? You know, it keeps evolving, right? I say that leadership you know, leadership is like an evolution, right? It just, hopefully it keeps evolving. And uh, you just learn at each stage. Uh, This stage, this last couple of years, has been really interesting. The last year actually has been really interesting in my learning, but I think there was some significant shift for me when I had a trifecta of challenges back in 2010 and 2011. So, you know, it started off with my number one fan, my mom passed away. It wasn't unexpected, right? She'd been in the hospital for three months still. And she, she lived a great, you know, a great life as far as age goes. Uh, She had great children and grandchildren, but she, um, that was a really challenging thing for me to lose her, you know, even with her being in her, in her eighties. And then Six months after that, a neighbor had set our condo complex on fire. And then six months after that, I got breast cancer. So I call that the trifecta of challenges that occurred. You know, I was getting through all of that, right? And, but being out of your home, like being displaced from fire is like this, such a violation of your being. Right. Uh, I can't imagine. You really can't even fully understand it right after it happens. It takes a lot of time to process. I mean, we lost our condo. It wasn't like just a part of it. It was the whole condo. They had to tear the building down and rebuild it. But after I got breast cancer, I wound up in the hospital with something that occurred where it was a a near death situation and I had to have surgery on my colon. And so I was in the hospital for 11 days. And that was the first time I'd ever been in, I don't, I don't know anybody who has been in the hospital other than my mom, you know, for 11 days, that's just like a long time. And I just realized at that time that, that, you know, God put me here to, to rest. It sounds like a really odd thing, but I could not really move. I was really recovering from this surgery that I had. And after that, you know, I left the hospital. I was really between chemo and trying to recover from that surgery, I was constantly tired. So physically I was really weak, but mentally it was really strong. My mind kept going and going. And, you know, even you don't have to be sick for your mind to continuously go and go. And it's sometimes hard to stop it. Right. But at this time in my life, I had to make my mind that was operating so quickly and my body that was operating so slowly, I had to make them come together because one was <laughs> outworking the other and outpacing the other. And that opportunity quite, I call it, I, I created an exercise out of that opportunity in my financial excellence program, because I call it the quieting the mind exercise, because as business owners, it's really important to stop the internal mental chatter that is constantly going on our brain, going on constantly. It doesn't stop. Right. 
right. No. We, are, <laughs> we are responsible for training our brain to stop and be quiet so we can be creative. We can focus on our strategy. We can focus on our finances. So it was that period of my time that really taught me how to be tenacious, how to be determined, how to be more calm, I guess, and how to be really direct. I had to like literally communicate very authentically with my clients. We're slowing down here during tax season. Occurred during tax season. And, you know, I we're, we're slowing down. I'll be back in a year, you know, because by the time that I had that surgery, it was, I got out of the hospital in November. So that was just at the start of tax season. So I basically had to really be transparent. And these are traits that I take with me through today. And I never knew none of that, any of that would happen, right? Other than my mom passing away at some point, but all, all at the same time, you know, that was, that was a definite shift for me and before and after for me, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's a lot. It was a lot. (laughs) So what kept you going? Like, because I think for a lot of people having their mom or somebody close to them pass away, having their house burnt to the ground essentially, and then be being diagnosed with cancer, like the cancer would be the last straw. Like, all right, I give up. All my dreams are crushed. Like the universe doesn't want me to have whatever I wanted. So how did you move through that? And, and really quiet that mind so that you could build your business and move back into things as you were healing. Well, and don't get me wrong. There were days that you, you know, you, you come to that point. You're like, I don't want to, you know, do this anymore. Yeah. Forward in front of that, you know, do, you know, like yeah. constantly. And I, a big part of making it through is the team I had in place. Like I am a, a proponent of team, team in your business, team in your life, Yes. extracurricular activities like life cannot be done alone it can please don't get me wrong there are people out there that do life alone and they're good with it but I'm a huge fan of team to really have a successful life and a successful business and I have a great family I have great friends so I have a great had a great support network uh, one of the things that occurred is when they had to rebuild my condo I was living with my cousin who is an angel And she and I are very close and I was constantly around her, her boyfriend, her family, her sisters, like I had everyone around me on a, on a regular basis, you know, helping me to move forward. People took me to chemo appointments. They took me to radiation appointments. I really created that network and I asked for help. I said, no, I couldn't do things. And I asked for help. I mean, it really was a way to learn principles that I needed to make my business be even more successful than it was prior to that. Absolutely. And I love that you're saying that because so many people that I talk to um, who have businesses, but in general, and, and particularly women don't ask for help and don't even think to ask for help. Like they're so used to just doing it the hard way or doing it on their own and being put in the situation where you essentially were relying on other people because you couldn't get around I think is such a transformational experience. Yeah, it definitely was. And in one of the ways that I asked for help back then, I didn't think it was unusual, but I thought to myself, I could actually do this. And I live and work 
in Philadelphia and I'm 10 minutes drive between getting my car out of the garage, driving it to Jefferson hospital and putting it in their garage or valeting it for my radiation treatment, which was only an hour. So I thought, and I had to do that five days a week. And so I thought, wow, this will be, this will be easy. I can do this. I can, I can drive myself. And then I thought to myself, okay, wait, hold on a second. Again, perfect timing during tax season. That's absolutely not going to work. I sent an email to like 50 friends and family members. And I said, this is where I need help. I need you to pick me up and drive me to my chemo treatments and be there with me or radiation, be there with me and then take me back to my office and drop me off at the door. That saved me so much time and energy because I was preserving my energy at that time. It was amazingly helpful. And it was, I almost thought, made a conscious decision saying to myself, I got this. And instead I said, you know what, whether I think I have it or not, I'm going to let people help because, you know, when you need, when people see you're struggling, you're ill, something is going on, they're constantly asking you for help or if you need help, they mean it. So they don't know what to do. So you tell them, right. Just like that in business, people want to help. They want to really make things better. So you tell them what it is you need. I love that. And take the time to think about it. What I, what I really like is what you said about like you had to preserve your energy. And there's so much energy that goes out into helping your clients, whether you're interfacing with them directly or not. And if you're not filling yourself back up with some sort of care, and I'm not even going to just say self-care, but some kind of care, you're going to be burned out in a matter of moments. It, it's true. And today, and I joked about Zoom fatigue and, you know, being virtual and, and being on a computer, you know, some days I spend a minimum of four hours on my computer. And just recently I noticed, you know, I get really tired is not the right word, but I feel exhausted after that day and I still have work to do. And so I can't necessarily take the next day off. Funny enough, we're in tax season again. She seems like every time I'm explaining, <laughs> giving an explanation about something, we're in tax season. Right. And so I can't take off, but I, you know, take just maybe an hour, take a little, a little walk, clear my head. And, you know, just that gives me, helps me to bounce back to do what other tasks I need to do. I love hearing you say this because I literally just had this conversation with a client of mine this morning where same thing, I'm on six hours, seven hours of Zoom calls um, some weeks per day. A girlfriend of mine had asked me to have dinner with her just like last minute type of thing on one of those days. And normally old me would have been like, yeah, sure, it'd be great, even though I was tired. And I told her, no, I declined. I'm like, I'm just wrapping up my day. It's been clients all day and I'm going to go lay in my bed because I knew like that's, I don't get to take the day off and I want to be at my best. So that was the care that I needed to do for that day. That's right. Yeah. And it's just a little bit of time. Right. And then you feel rejuvenated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, part of what I'm teaching my people and I'm sure you are as well is that it's about the long distance run, not the sprint. 
you know, it's really about how can you endure at a, at a high level, not just dragging yourself through the day. Well, right. And I use that, that same analogy when it comes to finances, right? It's not a sprint. You know, I talk about it and then I think to myself, there are some business people out there that have made money quickly, right? And are millionaires and gazillionaires. But for the most part, it's a journey. It's not a short walk. Right. When you're building your financial excellence. Yeah. And it's an ongoing thing. I mean, it's like, it's a practice and something that you strive to master, but I don't think you ever actually master. This yeah. is where we can talk about it. Michelle, this has been so awesome. I'm so glad that you took some time out of tax season to hang out with me. Would you share with everybody where they can connect with you? And if they wanted to talk to you more about what's going on for them with taxes or other business finances, where they can, they can reach you. Sure. Uh, what's best since we're doing this on podcast, is it best to email or whatever works for you? We'll get the links or whatever it is um, into the show notes. So that'd be great because they can connect with me on uh, via email, right? Mm-hmm. That's great. Or by phone. We, we love it when we have followers follow us on Facebook, social media, and LinkedIn. We provide uh, regular social media posts. So it would be great for people to reach out there. And if people are intrigued to, you know, create their financial plan, they could go to our financial excellence system.com webpage and get some information there. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I just wanted to add that. Well, I'll, you know, put you into a, um, uh, into our email list, right? So you can get up, you know, regular updates we send out. Awesome. Thank you so much for being Thank here. you, Emmy. It was great to be with you today. Awesome. And for everybody who's listening, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 